Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Spartan Red Zone here on WDBM. I'm Matt Merrifield, joined alongside Jada Coster, JDC, here in the studio on this Thursday afternoon as we've got to switch it up a little bit, maybe change the mojo recording on a Thursday as the Spartans have lost three in a row, and maybe, Jay, they turn it around on Saturday. Oh, well, maybe. I mean, football's back for, for uh, us uh, MSU for better or for uh, worse. Beat reporters and fans. So, I mean, we got Rutgers on the clock, and man, I mean, the bye week was last week, and that was kind of a good thing, and now we got we got more football. So, I kind of enjoyed the bye week. I woke oh, I up and too. didn't have to worry about yeah. an impending loss. Um, that was fun. That was uh, so, a lot of big football games coming up, which we'll talk about a little bit around the country. Uh, but first and foremost, Michigan State against Rutgers. Good news for this episode. Might be a little shorter. We don't have to recap what happened last week. Not much happened. Did not, they lose the bye? They did not lose to the bye. <laughs> Some changes were made. Uh, Michigan State might look a little different offensively coming out against Rutgers. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, there's no updates in the Mel Tucker situation as far as I know. Um, Zach is not here once again. He is in New York, I think. He might not be as we're recording this, but he will be. Um, he might be going to the Rutgers game. That would be cool if he did. Uh, for those tuning in, we will be having a remote broadcast on Saturday afternoon. We'll be going live at 1130 for the Spartan Red Zone. to be myself and Joe Dez. Um, for those that don't know Joe Dez, you're missing out. He is a women's basketball beat reporter this year. He hosts Crunch Time for us here at Impact. He took over Crunch Time. He is the producer of the Green and White Report with me and Zach Stradenic. And he also has his own show, The Joe Dez Hour, which yes. is just quite must-listen must listen podcast show. Yes. It's everything. It's Joe does. Um, So that should be some fun. Get him some reps on football. Uh, Obviously talked about Michigan State on the bye. Rutgers coming up on Saturday afternoon. Fun week around the country. Some more big matchups. Some big Big Ten matchups upcoming. Big matchup coming up next week for Michigan State. Michigan comes to town next Saturday. But first and foremost, we got to take care of Rutgers. And then we'll finish off with the pick presented by the Merrifield Sportsbook, as always. Spoiler alert, we kind of suck at picking games. Uh, But we'll get to it in a moment. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a problem. This has never been gambling advice, and it never will be. Um, so, yeah, but let's start off game preview. Michigan State on the road at Rutgers in Piscataway. And uh, Spartans have lost three in a row, Jay, since beating Richmond back on September 9th. It's been oh, tough sledding. Wow. It's been a mess since this team has won a football game, and uh, you know that Iowa loss is tough like we talked about. But this is a chance to bounce back because Rutgers – Look, not Rutgers is not a very good football team. I mean, they run the ball pretty effectively, but other than that, they're just not very good. Uh, their quarterback play is pretty uh, suspect, I would have to say. Um, I mean, we'll get to the pick up a bit, but this is actually a very good chance for MSC to win a football game because, look, you got Michigan next weekend. I don't think they're going to win that game. Uh, uh, you know, top two team in the country, that's probably not going to happen. But this is a good chance to get a win here at Rutgers, and I think have a decent chance of doing it. Uh, yeah, this is a Rutgers team. If I saw correctly, I saw a stat this afternoon of the slowest-paced offenses in the country. Rutgers is third. Number one is Michigan, which is surprising because of like the top 15 teams in the country, 10 of them are awful at scoring points. Um, Rutgers is kind of in that category. They're averaging 28 points a game, which isn't bad, uh, but not like a prolific offense by any means, averaging 330 yards total, 170 on the ground a game, 160 through the air. So as you said, Jay, Gavin Wimsett, their quarterback, not great at throwing the football. He has 914 passing yards this year. That's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, 150 yards seven. a game is uh, not going to get it done. But, I mean, we say that Rutgers is 4-2 coming into this game. Michigan State's 2-3. and three. So, uh, Rutgers coming off, they were at Wisconsin last weekend. Lost that one. 
24-13. I mean, Wisconsin's one of the better teams in the Big Ten West. They have a big matchup against Iowa this weekend. They'll go a long way in deciding the Big Ten West race. So, I mean, not a bad loss. But, I mean, they also lost at Michigan 31-7 a couple weeks ago. But their four wins are against Northwestern at home, Temple at home, Virginia Tech at home, and Wagner at home. All four of those teams are terrible at football. Like yeah, that's so objectively, those are bad football that teams. That four-two so. record, I'm not gonna. You could take that with a grain of salt because that that's not. I mean, they haven't played if, anybody. If Michigan there. State plays the same schedule, Michigan State's also four and two. Like uh-huh. I, I don't think there's anything against saying that Michigan State wouldn't wouldn't beat Michigan or Wisconsin on the road. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I'm worried about it being a road game for Michigan State. Just, I mean, it is a road game, but they they don't have a home field advantage at all. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is it is the homecoming game. Stadium, it's uh, is it Shy Stadium? I think it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is still Shy. S H I S H I Stadium, and that place that place sucks. I'll just say that. <laughs> I mean, Sorry I kind of wish Rutgers, we were going. Sorry but to the one Rutgers fan listening to this podcast, but there's like, probably a few. But I mean, it is their homecoming game that could play a factor, I guess. Um, Michigan State traveled to Rutgers in the middle of. November, middle of October two years ago, last time they were there when Kenneth Walker, oh, the good old days, when Kenneth dapped Walker up, uh, dapped up Jalen Naylor on his 96-yard cool. touchdown run or something like that. Um, that was cool. That probably won't that happen. Was unless the team was good. Uh, I mean, uh, God, other than Kenneth Walker, that's a questionable take, JDC. <laughs> um, Jim and Jaden Reed are about it's it. NFL receivers. I mean, Ken didn't really play that year. I mean, Jalen Naylor is technically an NFL receiver, but, like, yeah. anyways. Yeah. Um, I, I, on this Rutgers offense, player to watch is really the running back, Kyle Man, Manangai, I believe Manangai. is how you say it. Um, I'm go with you just because you're the broadcaster here. Yeah. So, I, mean, I have not looked at the pronunciation guide. Need yeah. to do that. Almost 500 yards, six touchdowns. They definitely run the football very efficiently, so that's a guy to watch out for. Other than that, like I just don't see much out of this Rutgers offense. Um, you know, I mean, you got Jaquay Jackson, uh, 253 yards, uh, nothing special, but uh, on the receiving edge. And, but um, I mean, I just I just look at this team. I think it's a very beatable opponent. I don't know about you, but Gavin Wims, that's a very mobile quarterback. There'll be something to watch, uh, kind of similar to how Central Michigan's offense operated a couple right. weeks ago. Michigan State did take care of them. Wims, that is a better passer than Burt Emanuel Jr. and Jace Bauer, but it's still something to watch out for. But Rutgers, their running attack, Manon guys are big back, are not really big, but their lead back standing at 5'9, 210. You then they have Samuel Brown, the fifth. Uh, who gets some carries. He has two touchdowns in the year, Deshaun Benjamin. They have another running back that I can't remember off the top of my head. They they really like to run the football. Uh, Greg Schiano, tough, tough as nails. An NFL guy, had good success at Rutgers uh, like 10, 15 years ago and then came back to Rutgers uh, a couple years ago and has done a solid job with that program. Um, I mean, they need to find a way to win two games the rest of the year to make a bowl game. And if they want to do that, it's probably going to be after the next two weeks. They have Michigan State at home this week, and then they go to Indiana, Indiana's not a good football team. After that, they have Ohio State at Iowa at Penn State in Maryland at home. Oh, I mean, if they want to make a bowl game, you have to beat MSU. You're gonna have, so this is a big game for both sides. Michigan State, if they want to make a bowl game. They have to win. They they have seven games left, and this is a must win they, if they, you want to make they, a bowl they, game. They got to they got to win. Yeah, they got to schedule win. gets very tough. They got to win four of the remaining seven, and three of the games left on their schedule are Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. So, therefore, you have to win the other four games, which are at Rutgers, at Indiana, at Minnesota, and hosting Nebraska. Yeah, I mean. Four not very good offenses. Four winnable games. But it, uh, the only thing that worries me is they're going on the road. Just simply, they have to win three road games. Uh, but, I mean, they didn't play bad 
at Iowa. We kind of talked about that last I mean, week. The defense, no McNamara, but I mean, still, defense looked good. I'm kind of excited to see what the defense looks like again this week. Uh, offense, kind of been talked about. We kind of need to address that. Kaden Hauser is expected to lead this Michigan State offense on Reportedly. Saturday. Reportedly, and I, I'm I'm excited about that because you know we saw what Noah Kim did, and you know like let's just be honest here, he just didn't do much for this offense, and you're gonna, we're going to see what Kaden Hauser could do. Um, you know, we saw a little glimpses of what he could do against Washington in the second half. He made some solid passes. He had that he had that one interception was which was pretty bad. But against Maryland, than, that that was not him though. Yeah, I agree. And other than terrible that, play call. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, I'm excited to watch him because you know you just gotta find you have to have a, you have to find a spark. And maybe Hauser is can be a spark, but um, you, you just have to move on from Kim because I mean Kim hasn't shown that he could really do anything for this offense, and we need to see something and. Hauser might hopefully can do that. So yeah, I think I mean Keaton Hauser on the year nine for sixteen for one fifty eight hasn't thrown a touchdown yet. Still waiting on his first career touchdown pass, but does have one interception. He threw that t- interception on a screen pass against Maryland in the red zone. I mean he his looks solid. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he uses receivers. Trey Mosley's availability. I'm interested to see. He went down, got injured, and yeah. fumbled the football against in the late in the game against Iowa. That's going to be something to watch. I mean, Michigan State has tons of other receivers that will get more looks. Montori Foster has been huge in this offense. I'm also interested if Malik Carr is back. He left the Iowa game early. So, honestly, I think if everybody's healthy or if if Carr and Mosley are out, it's going to be a little worrisome because I think Carr is huge for that tight end room because I'm not a huge fan of any of the other receivers. Franklin is fine. Uh, Tiny Hopper's done for the year, which sucks. Um Adamola Filet, I believe, is how you say his name. I we haven't even seen any of him this year, um, so it'll be interesting to see. But obviously, Nathan Carter's the guy, and I'm interested to see how the running attack goes up against against a very good front seven of Rutgers. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, Nathan Carter he hit he, he ran the ball very effect, effectively most of the year, especially against Iowa, and I want them to continue to do that. I know Rutgers, you said Rutgers' front seven is pretty pretty solid, and it's gonna be really interesting to see how Carter does because. You know, I mean, Carter's the focal point in this offense, obviously, and it's going to be interesting to see how he does against a Rutgers front seven like this. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I see is Michigan State the last two games has, has led in time of possession, which we really haven't seen much of them in the past under Mel Tucker, but since Harlan Barnett has taken over this team, they've really been more focused on trying to run the football and control the clock. Rutgers holds the ball for a long time, 31 minutes a game, so we'll be interested to see who can win that time of possession battle. Rutgers, like I said, one of the slower offenses in the country. But we will have to wait and see. This defense has been good. They got 15 sacks on the air. They get to the quarterback. It'll be interesting to see how this Michigan State offensive line didn't allow any sacks against Iowa. But Iowa's defensive line was dead last in the country in sacks. So it'll be interesting to see. Do good on- update on Malik Carr. Hmm? Do we have an update I, on Malik I have not Carr? heard anything on Malik Carr yet. Yeah, because I mean, he went out with that injury in the Iowa game. I mean, he was catching a lot of passes before he went out. I mean, he was kind of the focal point of the offense in the first half, and then went down with the injury. So it was kind of unfortunate because, you know, Malik Carr, I mean, when he, I feel like he's been he's just been more effective catching the football this year, and he, he's been he's done well in that area, so we'll have to see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Obviously, he had a career high in catches in that first quarter alone against Iowa before getting going down with an injury. He had a career high in catches against Maryland with five, then had six in the first quarter against Iowa. Um, the other thing I see is just the turnover battle in this game. Michigan State cannot forward to turn the ball over. That's part of the reason why I think they're going with Kaden Hauser is Noah Kim's ball security has not been very good. Uh, the last couple games, a lot of untimely interceptions. They had five turnovers against Maryland, and they had three last week, four last week against Iowa. Yes. Um, not Obviously can't have that. I mean, they had the one defensive touchdown from Cal Halliday, which was huge, but special teams have to tighten up. 
can't allow a punt return for touchdown, especially late in the game like they did against Cooper DeGene. But overall, I'm excited. I think it's a game. You said this is a game they can win. It's a very winnable football game. They are underdogs going into this game, uh, which will be interesting to see how we go with for the pick them. But overall, I mean, I mean, this is this is kind of the moment right, for this Michigan yeah. State team. If they show some life, win this football game, bowl eligibility is still on the table. And it's kind of just an opportunity to get some momentum going into the Michigan game. Because next week they host Michigan at night here at home. And, I mean, if it, they're 2-4 and four with four straight losses, and a, including a loss to Rutgers, which this team has only lost to Rutgers once since they joined the Big Ten, I mean, that's just probably the lowest you can be for Michigan no, State I, football. I agree. You, you, need, you, need, you need to get some momentum coming in this game. I mean, if, if you win this game, I mean, look, you're, not, you're probably not going to be Michigan, but at least you gain some momentum from this, like you said, Matt. I mean, you, you got to get the monkey off your back with three straight uh, – yeah, three straight losses. I mean, you just can't afford to have that happen again. Um, you know, I like I said, I'm I'm really looking forward to this just because. Look, you said Rutgers. You, this team has only been Rutgers once since joined the, or has only lost to Rutgers once since joined the Big Ten. It's a really winnable opportunity here, and I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, that one yeah. game Michigan State lost to Rutgers was in 2020, the opening game. Mel Tucker's first game as Michigan State head coach, and right. that was the game where. I think Michigan State fumbled it like six times. They had like seven turnovers. Oh, like they Rocky literally Lombardi. they they gave the game away to Rutgers. Like that, I think Jaden Reed had like two fumbles in that game. So, um, not I mean overall Michigan State's always been the better football team. I still think they are going to this game, but we will have to wait and see. Something to keep in mind: um, Harlan Barnett announced on Monday that Jordan one player, Simmons. Jordan Simmons, the running back, who's the leading rusher for this team in that 2020 season, right. um, has. Entered, is going to enter the transfer portal. As of right now, he's the only player to inform Harlan Barnett that he will be entering the portal. So, Which is pretty surprising to me because I, I thought, honestly, there would be more, which which is kind of encouraging, I guess. I mean, that you know these players kind of still believe in this coaching staff and they want to play out the rest of the season. So, I mean, I guess that's one positive, that not a lot of players are leaving right now right. with the transfer portal open. It'll be interesting because... Like a couple players, like I believe it's Charles Brantley has not been on the injury report the last two weeks, but he hasn't played, which I think is interesting. Whether or not, for whatever reason, he's not playing, um, I think we kind of just assume that he'd be entering the portal. But he has right now he hasn't announced that, and Harlan Burnett hasn't said anything. So overall, I take that as a win. I mean, Jordan Simmons was the leading rusher a couple years ago, but I mean, since Kenneth Walker got here in twenty one, he he hasn't. I mean, he might have ten carries total. Peach Bowl. So I mean, overall, it's not the biggest loss in the world. Um, So there are other players I think that are more concerning him, like more worrisome. Um, But as of right now, only one casualty from the Mel Tucker issues. So I don't think we talked about Hank Pepper also before the game was announced that he is not with the program anymore. The long snapper. Hank Pepper's not. Yeah. When did that get announced? Before the game, I just I just looked through uh, I just looked through X or Twitter, and I just saw that uh, no Hank Pepper. So I mean, I, I guess that's a report. So I mean, that is um, less than right ideal. before the Iowa game. So what he wasn't out there for the Iowa game? No, I could have swore he was. Okay, well, um, all right, I completely Slok and I both completely missed that um, going into the game. That's. Wow, because consider, I mean, the special teams overall on set against Iowa, I couldn't have noticed that he wasn't there. Obviously, he had the injury last year. Right. Um, so overall, I mean, I don't know. I know Michigan State invested in finding a second long snapper during the offseason because of his injury. Mm-hmm. So it, I guess that's yeah. good that it they did Hank that. It was Pepper and Justin White. Um, those are the two guys that um, before the Iowa game, a team post spokesperson, spokesperson said that uh, they're no longer with the program. So that actually surprised me a little bit. But uh yeah, that's just I don't know why we didn't talk about that last week, but 
Uh, that was a report. So yeah, yeah, now I'm finding that Chris Lari said that on Twitter. I completely right. missed that. Okay, um, that's gonna do it for Michigan State talk. <laughs> Anyways, that's wow. JDC dropping woj bombs on me. <laughs> Everybody else probably knew this, and I was just in the dark because I didn't check Twitter before the game. You were locked in on the broadcast. We were, so. uh, that was an interesting setup we had at Iowa. But anyways, moving to the national picture. Uh, starting off, Notre Dame. Lost a big one at Louisville last weekend. Now they have to turn around and take on USC. This is now the fourth week in a row. Yeah, They're playing in prime time. I mean, week in a row in prime time, and they've played since week zero, so they're probably gassed. I mean, I mean, and I don't believe they have either of their buys yet because I know they get they playing in week two. They get two of them, and that's I mean that's such a tough turnaround for them. It is. Um, and you lost to Louisville. I mean, Louisville's a very Jeff Brom, very good coach. Um, you saw what you did at Purdue. I mean. Purdue's not a football school, and Jeff Brom, I mean, took him to the Big Ten West title last year. Um, you know, had a decent season a couple years ago, but, I mean, you see what he's doing at Louisville. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, and Notre Dame just, yeah, I mean, their their playoff odds are dead now. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. unfortunately, without a conference championship game, right. and even then, they're, with two losses, those chances are slim to none. Yeah. They do finally get a break after USC this week. They have a bye before hosting Pitt, and then they have a, their second bye coming in after they – take on Clemson, so they still have a couple big games left on their schedule. Um, overall, I mean, just it's tough to see. I don't know any team in the country this year, from what we've seen, that would be have it, that would have that would be undefeated going through this stretch that they've played. Like I like I think that's completely fair to say. Like this is a good Notre Dame team. Their offense has struggled the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um but I think overall, I mean Ohio State at Duke at Louisville, now USC, I mean they're that's those are four very different football teams. Four very good football teams, very physical football teams. So, I mean, I think they get it done against USC this week. USC hasn't really impressed me. They went to triple overtime with Arizona. Very Very suspect defense. So, Sam Hartman and the offense for Notre Dame should get going, but it will be interesting to see. Uh, The next game, this is my favorite game of the week. Um, I think this is the game of the week. College game. Narrative will be pushed. Bonix, Michael Penix. Battle for oh, what? Man. I mean, it's a Heisman battle in Seattle this weekend as number eight Oregon takes on number seven Washington. People forget this is a big rivalry game on the West Coast. Like this is more than just like two top ten teams in the conference playing. Like these two programs hate each other. They had a yeah. big game last week last year. Washington stole one in Austin Stadium, so Oregon has revenge on their minds. Both teams are fighting for a college football playoff appearance. Both teams have looked very impressive early in the year, and obviously. Both are looking to solidify their position in the Pac-12 as the top team in the Pac-12 because I think by far they've been the top two teams, especially because USC's defense has been so suspect. Mm -hmm. These have been the two teams to watch. Everybody will will be watching. I'm so excited that the Michigan State game's at noon because this game's at 3.30. So as soon as Michigan State game over... Turn on ABC to turn on Bonex versus Michael. Not even this is this is just a huge game in and of itself, but I mean, there's a decent, there's a pretty good chance, like we think, uh, that USC loses against Notre Dame. So you could take control of the Pac-12 just like that with a win for either of these two schools. And look, Bonex versus Penix. I mean, you can't get it can't get any better than that. So I mean, I'll be dialed in. I can't wait to watch. I mean, we're three weeks. This will be week four of conference play for these for the Pac-12. USC's already played for, but they don't have a conference game this week playing Notre Dame. Only three Pac-12 teams are undefeated. There will only be two left after this weekend because USC is still undefeated in conference play. Then Oregon and Washington are both 2-0, and and one of them obviously has to lose. So this is huge for positioning. Oregon State lost already. Utah's already lost. UCLA took down Washington State, so they're both 1-1 and in conference play. Colorado and everybody else at the end of the pack, 
don't really have much of a shot to get in that conference championship game. So this is a huge game. I'm I'm just genuinely genuinely excited. I think this could be game of the year material. Just two electric offenses. I think Oregon's defense is slightly more established. They mm-hmm. did shut down Colorado. I mean, I know Colorado's front line isn't very good, their offensive line, but still to hold Shadur Sanders and that Colorado offense to six points, I thought was impressive. But Washington obviously came into East Lansing and we all saw and listened and, and punched that. punched Michigan State in the mouth a <laughs> hundred times. Um, since then, they took care of business against Cal, 59-32. They did have a close one two weeks ago against Arizona on the road, 131-24. Both these teams are fresh coming off a bye. Mm-hmm. This is – I'm so excited. That's the, that's an understatement to say I'm excited for this football game. Yeah, and you mentioned Oregon's defense. and you got Jordan Birch on the defensive, end with, uh, defensive line with three sacks uh, so far this season. I do agree they are more established, but, I mean, the, these two offenses are just one of the best in college football. And, that, and, and then you got – you got Troy Franklin uh, for Oregon's offense. He's got 535 receiving yards and seven touchdowns. That's Bo Nix's go-to guy. I'm really excited to see how that how that matchup is in the outside. So it's gonna be a lot I mean, of fun. Yeah, I mean, from Oregon's, <clears throat> they had that scare in week. They put up 81 points in week one, beat the crap out of Portland State. Whatever. They had a scare at Texas Tech. Since then, they beat Hawaii 55-10, Colorado 42 to six. And then went to Stanford and won forty-two to six in that one. So they really have just put their foot down and pedaled to the metal. Mm-hmm. Of I mean, forty, thirty-eight points is the least amount of points they've scored this year. Washington's lowest point total this year was thirty-one against Arizona two weeks ago. So points are going to be scored in this game. Should be a lot of fun. And another big game out in on the East Coast at seven o'clock on Saturday night. Miami after oh god the. <laughs> I don't even know what to call it other than stupidity from Mario Cristobal. I mean, he's done it before. He did it in a top-10 game against Stanford back in, like, 2018 for Oregon. Where J.P. Ryan was running the ball, and he fumbled. But there's just no excuse. Take a knee. Yeah, for those that missed it, Miami last week against Georgia Tech, who lost for context, lost to Bowling Green at home two weeks ago, went into Miami, and Maryland or Miami, excuse me, was up, like, three or four points. With two minutes left, they got a first down with under two minutes to go. Miami has no timeouts. Therefore, all you have to do is take three knees, and the game is over. Miami right. can't get – or Georgia Tech can't get the ball back. And on third down, which should have been the last snap of the game, I don't even know who the running back was for Miami. Fumbled the football, Georgia Tech jumps on it, and then Haynes King proceeds to throw up a Hail Mary on the last play or like two seconds left yeah. and win the game. In Miami, I, that was just I I I I if just, I was a, that's just something I don't you I had nothing no to say. Excuse for that because like do the simple math like the game is over. It, it's third it, down. It, take a knee. It's just so funny because he did it. Before, he did it when he was coaching Oregon against Stanford a couple years ago, and it cost him. That was a top ten game. That wasn't just like I mean, if this game still cost Miami, it might cost them a chance at the college football playoff because they were a top fifteen team. They fall to twenty five, but they have a chance to bounce back against Drake May in North Carolina. North Carolina's number 12 in the country. I feel like they're like the most underrated, like the most not non-talked about top 15 team in the country. Like everybody's talking about Oklahoma, Florida State, Oregon, Penn State, Washington, Texas. Everybody else, Alabama. Nobody's talking about North Carolina. And they they're currently 5-0. They put a beat down against Syracuse at home. Uh, Syracuse is a solid football team. And to put a beat down at 40-7, to I thought that was really impressive. Um, and Drake May is a top prospect. You beat... North Carolina neutral site, uh, 31-17. Look, I mean, they've had some decent wins. I, they, I just I really like this team this they year. They did go to double overtime with App State in Week 2, coming off yeah. that win against South Carolina. Right. 
They took care of business against Minnesota, 31-13. I mean, they're a solid football team. Um, we're going to find out just how good they are. Uh, they, I mean, they have a relatively easy schedule after this. They play Virginia, Georgia Tech, Campbell, and then their next big game, they have Duke, and then at Clemson in the middle of November, and then at NC State. So that three-game stretch to finish off the season right. is tough for them. Uh, two rivalry games, and then Clemson is see Clemson. The ACC championship game because that that uh, that Duke UNC game, little uh, little football rivalry, not basketball rivalry game. I mean, so. it's still big time. It's still the uh, yeah. the all the North Carolina schools do not like each other. Right, Duke, yeah. NC State, Wake Forest, <clears throat> North Carolina, all of them hate each other. That'll be a big game to watch. Uh, I mean, we had a big yeah. game last week, a rivalry game between Oklahoma and Texas. That was a lot of fun to watch. Oh, fun. O- Oklahoma. Still the top Gabriel, dog, yeah. Gabe, uh, Gabe um, Dylan Gabriel, excuse yeah. me, is might probably the best quarterback in the pack or in the Big Twelve, excuse me. And if the Pac twelve didn't exist, he would be the Heisman front runner. Unfortunately, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, and Bo Nix are, I think, in a league of their own. Still, Dylan Gabriel, still an outstanding quarterback. Um, but other than that, I think it's pick'em time, Jay. I agree. Let's do it. Got some, All right, got some, another great slate of college. Yes, yeah, so, of course. As we're getting into it next weekend. Is big time. Big like time. next next week's pick up might be the entire Tennessee, show. Tennessee, Bama, USC, Utah. Um, it's it's a great slate, Michigan, so. Michigan State. Yeah. Okay. Out. Anyways. Um. No. Uh, but yeah. So we got a lot of big games. But pick them time presented by the Merrifield Sportsbook. Last week, I went four and three. Missed on my lock. All three of us missed our locks. You know, my lock was last week. <laughs> Miami. I saw that. Yeah, I didn't. That I forgot terrible. what it was. And I went back and looked, <laughs> and uh, I saw you took Miami. And I was like, yikes! Now, Miami spread. They were favored by twenty. Keep in mind, and then as it we just outright. explained, how they lost. Uh, Slowick. I don't think Slowick remembers that your lock can't be a game on this list because he took the Texas spread as his lock. It didn't matter. It still lost. Um, he went two and five. Uh, he had a rough week, and then I went four and three, missed my lock. JC went three and four. Updated standings: I'm nineteen fourteen and one with twenty three points. J- Slowick is fourteen nineteen and one with fifteen points. JDC, you are fifteen eighteen and one with fifteen points. So, got some time to bounce back. Still plenty of football left to be played this year. But game number one, I'm gonna switch up the order here. We're gonna go. Mich- Actually, you know what? No, we'll go Michigan State second. We're gonna change the vibes. Michigan State's lost our last three, so we're gonna start number three. Ohio State goes to Purdue at noon. On Saturday, JDC, who you got? So, Ohio State was having trouble covering the spread last week at home uh, against a decent Maryland team. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Purdue in this spot. I'm gonna, Ohio State will win, but I like Purdue to cover. I don't hate the pick. I mean, obviously Ohio State has some rough history in 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 West Lafayette, but I don't think this Purdue team is that good. To be f- completely fair, and yeah, that, Ohio State. Is going to continue to roll. This game's on Peacock, if that interests you at all. Um, but, I mean, they take care of business. Next week they have a big game against Penn State at home, so I could see this being a look-ahead look ahead game. But I'm going to take Ohio State. Like, I cannot justify not – like, if Ohio State covered – because Ohio State very well could win this game by 40 points, and then we all look dumb. So I'm going to go with Ohio State. We'll get Slowak's picks at some point this weekend. I'll text them. Um, all right, now we'll go MSU Rutgers. The Scarlet Knights favored by five in this one, Jay. I'm taking MSU plus five. Um, you know what? Michigan State will win this game. Love it. He's, he, JDC wins. would take MSU money line, which MSU honestly the value and plus the five. Um, look, I mean, like like we've said this entire podcast, very winnable game. Rutgers just isn't very good. I think, like, if this is the game MSU picks up a win for the remainder of the season, it's this game. 
because the schedule gets a lot tougher, and there, they if, need a win. There, so there bad. are two games, even three. The four games that they are winnable, they very much should win. They should beat Minnesota. They should beat Rutgers. They have to beat Indiana. Tom Allen's gonna be out of the job in two months. Um, and what's the other? Nebraska at home. Like those are all f- Will football Tom games. Will Allen be out of a job? Because we said that he, last year. He better be. I know his buyout's like twenty million. We'll talk about Indiana, that later. Get Mark Cuban in there. Get Mark the Indiana Boosters. <laughs> is he an Indiana alum? He is. I did not know that. At the Kelly Business School. Go Mavs. I don't know how I know that. Luka Doncic should go teach the Hoosiers <laughs> how to play basketball. Yes. Shut up, Mike Woodson. Um, how's everybody? How's everybody? Anyways, this is not uh, uh, Impact His Own. Okay, I was trying to remember what the name of our basketball podcast, which will be back soon, by the way. Yes. Basketball, basketball season, season right around the corner. Right around the corner. Um, Michigan State money line is plus 168, which honestly I love because – but I'm taking Michigan State to cover the spread. They have to cover against Rutgers. There is no excuse not to cover against Rutgers. Five points, even if they somehow lose this game by three, if you lose by more than a possession against Rutgers, we have bigger fish to fry. Um, so, yeah, give me Michigan State to cover the five. We're going to move on to the game of the week. Number eight, Oregon, heading into Seattle to take on the Huskies. Huskies favored by three in this one, me. Jay. I'm going Washington. Oh, gross. Boo. No, it's, it's going to be a high-storing game. I, I will definitely take the over. Uh, but Washington, look, Michael Penix, Heisman frontrunner. Bo Nix, also Heisman frontrunner. But I'm going to lean the home team here. The dogs at home. Uh, Washington, they're just they're really good, man. Their offense is, is lethal. Yep, uh, they're so good. But you know who's better? Bo Nix. Bo Nix is better. The best player on the football field <laughs> plays for Oregon. Give me the Give me the Ducks. They don't. They're not playing for clicks. They're playing for wins. I don't know Dan Lanning. All the Dan Lanning isms. Give me the Ducks to win this one. I love Dan Lanning. Great coach. They're going to take care of business. Imagine, you know, I, imagine if Michigan State could have hired the right Georgia defensive coordinator. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, man. Anyways, oh, I thought geez. I'd just take that shot in there. Somebody asked me yesterday where Dan Lanning came from, and I was like, he was a Georgia defensive coordinator. And they said, wasn't Mel? And I said, yes. Fun fact. Anyways, we'll get Sulek's pick on that later. I'm sure he's going with the Ducks with me. I'm sure he's riding with the Ducks, but we will see. I'm so sorry, but go Dogs. No, Jay. (laughs) No. Wrong. We're going against each other once again. It'll be a fun game. It will be a fun game. It's a game. I think it could be a game of the year. The over-under set at 67, um, which is 34 points a team, which is a lot of points. But I think the final last year was like 38-35. So, we'll see. A lot of fun. Next game, another top 25 matchup out in the Pac-12. You got number 18, UCLA, coming off that win against Washington State, going to Corvallis to take on the Beavers of Oregon State, 15th in the country. JDC, who you um, got? I mean, UCLA coming off that nice win. Um, you know, I'm going to go UCLA plus the three and a half here. Dante Moore's looked pretty, looked uh, solid this season. Um, you know, they, they've looked, they just look, they've looked impressive. So I'm going to roll with UCLA in this one. It's weird. UCLA's offense has not been very impressive the last couple weeks. Like, they really struggled last week. Dante Moore uh-huh. kind of had an ugly game. But they found a way to beat Washington State at home, yeah. I, which is surprising because it's a Chip Kelly team. Like, offense is their thing. Uh, but I, I'm going to take Oregon State. Playing in Corvallis is tough. Home field advantage is so huge in the Pac-12. I know I just took Oregon on the road. That's completely separate. That doesn't matter. Um, so give me the Beavers to win this one at home. They're going to cover the three and a half. And I just love the Beavers. They took care of business against Utah a couple weeks ago. They went on the road and beat Cal last week. Mm-hmm. They have Arizona. College. Their schedule is pretty easy until the end of the year. They have Washington and Oregon back-to-back to close out the season. That'll be tough, but right. that's a long ways away. They got an easy stretch, and they just got started off by beating UCLA at home. Next up, number 25, Miami 
at North Carolina. Do the Hurricanes bounce back, JDC? No, don't. Give me, give me Carolina minus three and a half at home at night. I'm going to take uh, North Carolina here. I am as well. I don't know anything about this UNC team other than Drake May's a potential future bear. And uh, <laughs> maybe. And maybe. Fields has played well the last couple of weeks, so. Or we'll just get Caleb Williams, but anyways. It's a future Bronco. Shout out the Broncos playing tonight. They're going to get housed by the Chiefs. Yikes. My God. Broncos are so bad. But anyways, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to roll with uh, UNC here. I just, uh, they're very underrated team that I like out of the ACC, so. Yeah, I, I I think they're underrated. And I can't take Miami after whatever the hell no, happened last either. week. Um, So, yeah, so give me UNC. You saw, you saw one of the players on the sidelines. He was like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. I, I just feel bad for those players. It was like the Richard Sherman. It was like the Richard Sherman meme after the yeah. Seahawks threw it. He was just so upset. Because uh, Pete Carroll doesn't know how to call a play. Or who, who called that play? I don't know. It was uh, Daryl Bevel, former Lions uh, offensive coordinator slash interim coach. <laughs> Yikes. Anyways, yeah. shots You're are being taken. Track. JDC's taking shots right now. He's out for blood on this We're Thursday getting, afternoon. very off track here. All right. Well, last game on here. Number 10, USC at Notre Dame. Notre Dame 21st in the country, but favored by two and a half in this one. I like Notre Dame to bounce back in this game. Uh, you know, four straight primetime games. I mean, you got to find a way to come up with a win here. And USC's defense isn't very good. I'll take the minus two and a half. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Notre Dame. I have a rule of taking lower-ranked teams at home when they're favored, and Notre Dame falls in that category. And I think, I mean, the toughness of this team, USC's defense sucks. Um, you can't go to triple overtime against Arizona at home and get away with it. Give me Notre Dame. Lock yeah. of the week time, JDC. Who is your I lock? Texas Tech at home at Lubbock at night against Kansas State, a struggling Kansas State team. Uh, a home game at, at night for at Lubbock for Texas Tech, I feel like, is always a win. I mean, Bo Nix did it um, on the road, which is pretty impressive. But I'm going with Texas Tech here in, the, in, in this Big 12 game between two mediocre teams. Michael Penix couldn't go into Lubbock and win. Exactly. We don't know that, but I, I'm going to push that narrative yeah, because I can. Probably, probably um, so. My lock of the week, unfortunately, for the Merrifield Sportsbook picks that we make, Jay, I took a game on the slate, Oregon. Shocker. Wow. But my lock of the week for this, because it can't be a game on the slate, I like this game a lot. Duke is minus 3.5 at home. Tomorrow or Saturday night against NC State. I don't think NC State's that good. To, I know it's a rivalry game, but Duke coming off the bye, they had the tough loss to Notre Dame, but they have a bye week. They're going to come back, bounce back, get a conference win, continue their strong play in ACC play. And I, I mean, NC State is just, they're what, four and two on the year. They haven't really shown me much. They we watched that game in the in the hotel against uh, Louisville. They lost to Louisville thirteen ten, and they didn't. Their offense did not look good at all. They bounced so. back. They showed some offense last week, losing or they beat Marshall at home. Future Spartan head coach Charles Huff, uh, Charlie Huff. Um, not. <laughs> anyways, they beat Marshall forty eight forty one at home last week. They had a close one at Virginia a couple weeks ago twenty four twenty one. They lost to Notre Dame by twenty one at home. And I mean this Duke team obviously played a game. So if we're comparing apples to apples here. Duke should take care of business at home in this one. So give me Duke minus three and a half. Yeah, Duke minus three and a half. And then obviously we'll get all of Slokes picks for the week. But hopefully it is a lot better week than last week. But we'll have to wait and see. So I think that's going to do it for us, JC. Anything else you have to add before we well, get out I mean, of here? For my lock, Texas Tech did go into Baylor and destroy them 38-14 to to 14 at Baylor. So another reason for the lock. So And they only lost by seven to a good West Virginia team. So... Love it. Love it. Go, guns up, I guess. Guns up. So. Go, go Ducks. That's, that's my narrative. <laughs> I love it. Bode- I hope everybody has a bodacious weekend. <laughs> Except for Washington fans. I hope your weekend sucks. Um, regardless. I hope I hope Kenneth Walker has a good weekend in Seattle. But everybody else, because I'm a fantasy team. Who's, who loves Seahawks play this weekend? 
Let's look. I have no idea. We're talking about NFL now. Yeah, we're getting off the rails here, but I still just I have the they're at the Bengals. Good. So I hope any everybody in the state of Washington has a horrible weekend this weekend. Just kidding. Just Washington fans on Saturday afternoon at three thirty Eastern time. Too, so. Both both teams are coming off the bye. It's yeah. big time. But lots of prep. Everybody's ready to go. We'll have to wait and see. But that's gonna do it. We're going to take ourselves off the airwaves now after I just called out the state of Washington. Um, so that's going to do it here on Spartan Red Zone. Thank you all for listening. Tune in tomorrow for the – or Saturday, excuse me, for the broadcast. 11.30, the Spartan Red Zone pregame show with myself and Joe Des here from the studio. And then at noon, kickoff between Michigan State at Rutgers right here on WDBM. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to stay tuned. Jay will have some written content for us following that game. So make sure to tune in to WDBM. Impact89FM.org for all the stuff. Obviously, we'll have our podcast post on there in a few hours. So thank you all for listening. Hope you have a great rest of your day, whatever day you are listening. Hope you have a great, fantastic Saturday of watching football, a lot of big games. You can tune into Spartan Red Zone on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Apple Music, anywhere else you find your podcast, and, of course, Impact89FM.org. So thank you all for listening, and hope you have a great football weekend.